Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome back to Kitchen Club with me, Sarah Malcolm, and my beautiful friend, Serena Louth. Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from the kitchen table. Each week, we have a brilliant new guest, a new area of expertise to get stuck into, and a new recipe which is created using our guests' three favourite ingredients. This week, we speak to the glorious Lottie Murphy. Lottie is a Pilates teacher, lifestyle blogger, avid bookworm, and founder of the Lottie Murphy Pilates app. She loves creating community and promoting a balanced lifestyle on her channels. We speak to Lottie about Pilates, her love of food, her very honest struggles with mental health, and how she continues to prioritize her well-being and find balance. Lottie was an absolute joy to talk to, so we know you're going to love this episode. She is an all-round certified mega babe. As always, please do subscribe, leave us a review, share with your loved ones, and follow us on Instagram at Kitchen Club Podcast, where you can find this week's delicious recipe. So without further ado, here is the wonderful Lottie Murphy on Kitchen Club. Welcome, Lottie, (laughs) to Kitchen Club. It's so lovely to have you here today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My first ever podcast. I was about to say, it's so exciting. We're honoured to take your podcast virginity. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I hope I don't. Swear? We're not allowed to swear. You can swear if you want. Okay. <laughs> We're not <laughs> live on. <laughs> Sometimes these things come out, and it's yeah. yeah. Panic We're not live on Channel Four. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lottie, we're obviously so thrilled to have you. We've Serena and I are big Lottie Murphy fans, um, so it's such a joy. But we are going to kick this off as we always do with your three favorite ingredients, and then telling us, telling you our recipe that we slash Serena only has created for you. Um, so, can you re- remember what you gave us as your three favorite ingredients? I think I can. I was I was thinking about this morning. It was definitely lemon and salt. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And that, or, or was it olive oil? Olive oil. 
Ah, oh, lemon and olive oil. <laughs> Hopefully there's some salt in there as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it was some sort of pasta linguine or spaghetti. Yeah. I mean, best ingredients the best. ever. <laughs> Honestly, I, I make something with those ingredients every week, probably more than once a week. I'm excited just... to hear what you've made. I'll yeah, tell you what I've made and then we can chat to you a little bit about food. So, yeah. This is quite a long story. Have you watched Stanley Tucci searching for Italy? I haven't, but I want, I okay. need to, I it's must. gorgeous and you must watch it. Um, anyway, in the episode where he goes to the Amalfi Coast, he has a bowl of courgette spaghetti that he says is life-changing. So I watched it and said, okay, I have to make that. And I made it and my husband confirmed like, yes, that is pretty incredible. But it was quite tenuous, like it was quite um, labor intensive. You had to deep fry everything and it just took a long time. So what I've made for you is my cheats version of Stanley Tucci's life-changing pasta. I think it's called Spaghetti alla Norano. Nice Italian Ooh, accent there. Lovely. But his doesn't have lemon, so I've added lemon and it's basically spaghetti with slow-cooked courgettes with lemon, parmesan, basil, lots of salt, lots of olive oil, and the courgettes kind of mush down and make a sauce, which sounds not that appealing, but it tastes amazing. That does sound life-changing. I've never thought to do something like that with courgette. I would usually, yeah, tomatoes that would like mulch down, but oh, um, oh I am so excited to try this, make this. Um, I'm so glad there was parmesan there as well, because you cannot not have parmesan with no, lemon and pasta. Oh, no. So we'll send no, you the recipe. I'm sorry we haven't made it for you. And I'm oh, sorry no. that I've just ripped off Stanley Tucci's recipe, but <laughs> it is delish. So. I feel like most recipes are just rip-offs yeah. of other recipes, right? Anyway, exactly. with a little twist. Oh, exactly. Right? Always. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we'll have to eat, let's eat it all together and then go for a swim in Brockwell together. Yeah. Oh, that sounds perfect. That sounds so dreamy. I think we're going to have some sun in April. So <sighs> let's do it then. Oh, heaven. Um, Lottie, if you could have only one of those ingredients and you had to remove the other two, which would, which would be your, your like, this is the one that's staying forever? Um, olive oil yeah yeah just because so I mean good. not not to just say not, we're not talking about just like that's all I can have is it? no, <laughs> no. <laughs> just sit and drink olive oil for the rest of my life um because yeah just like some you know sourdough bread some olive oil with a bit of salt um on just on everything yeah like good quality olive oil the best milk. my friend and my friend and friend of the podcast, Melissa Hemsley, um, got me a really lovely subscription for my 30th birthday last year for extra virgin olive oil. And it was with um, the Two Fields olive oil, which are really lovely um, farmers. Uh, Greek, I think it's Greek. I should probably know more about this seeing as I had the subscription. But it was such a lovely gift to get because I just got this like the most delicious bottle of olive oil every month and obviously got through it because you know olive oil is life yeah yeah what a good idea I love I know I love present yeah I love that like everything can be a subscription now I just subscribed to um a wine subscription that it was that drink um is it drink ami ame yeah yeah um and now every month I get 
some rosé and some red wine. And I'm just Ooh, like, lovely. why have I never done this before? <laughs> lovely. I've never tried their wine, actually. Oh, it's great. Yeah, really good. Really great. Where's your yeah, favourite just easy to drink in London? <gasps> oh, gosh. It would have to be somewhere southeast because I just think southeast has just got so many great foodie spots. Um, it changes all the time. It used to be Kudu, which is like a South African. Um, they've actually just, they had their one restaurant um, near Queen's Road, Peckham, and they've just opened up a couple more. One in Nunhead now, Kudu Grill, like slightly more casual because the Kudu original restaurant is quite sort of, I think it's Michelin star, um, like a bit more formal quite pricey but like such gorgeous experience um but I would say now it would probably be Larry's which is literally just outside of Peckham Rye um train station and it's like you can go there for lunch you can go there for like tasting food in the evening really good wine and like small cozy relaxed just yeah really good so yeah that would probably be my favorite at the moment I've just um started working well I sort of work near there and um Sometimes I just like pop in there for a bowl of pasta for lunch and I'm like, I need to stop doing this. <laughs> Never stop. That's Never like what stop. life is made for, of dreams yeah. are made of. Oh, for sure. That is like, yeah, yeah. Life made, if you can do that. Yeah. Um, I just adore how much of like lifestyle you share on Instagram, Lottie, and how seemingly and this may not be the case seemingly food is such an important role in your life and such a like joy in your life has that always been the case like have you always loved that kind of eating out and yeah just love of food yeah I would say definitely like I've been through phases where my relationship with food and my body has changed you know throughout my late teens sort of early 20s but I've luckily always been my girl group is we were never like into like just doing shots and going to raves we like our meetups would be like go for a nice dinner with some nice drinks like that was just like we just love that mm. um so we've always like chosen nice restaurants to go to um, and really been into like food um more than drinking and yeah, and I, but I do feel that I sort of lost my love of food when I was at ballet school, sort of um, first year. I was, I was always someone that could just like eat whatever they wanted as well, and like didn't even think about food in terms of like, oh, what I eat then affects like my body. Like I didn't really think like that growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and then ballet school sort of changed that, and yeah, I sort of remember really sad moment my dad got really upset because my dad used to make um spaghetti bolognese every Monday growing up Cute. and I remember sort of second year of ballet school I just sort of stopped I would come home from ballet school and I was like no I'm not gonna have spaghetti bolognese and like I'd have something like I don't know I can't even remember what I would have but it was like I cannot eat spaghetti bolognese you know and I remember my dad being really upset that I'd stopped eating it because and then I was just like yeah it took it took a few years to to fall back in love and actually it was actually sort of like people like Madeline Shaw and Deliciously Ella that really helped me fall back in love with food because um I got into that like clean eating period where like I couldn't eat like a packet of like I don't know like donuts or like anything that had any like bad in it this was like sort of early 20s and um 
then when sort of food blogs came out, I knew I needed to put on weight and I needed to fall back in love with food, but I was still a bit afraid of like bad food, if there is such thing as bad food. Quote, unquote, yeah. Um, yeah, but these people, you know, these girls that were making like, a bu- you know, butternut squash salads and like hummus with like, you know, chickpea and olive oil. And I was just, that was sort of, yeah, I just, that was a really great journey for me back to, to fall in love with food. And then I've had issues with... Um, with my tummy and my gut. Um, and actually, you know, I've had times when I've been vegan and gluten-free, but the best thing for me, um, which is one of those things where obviously I don't wish it happened, but when I had a, a really bad period of mental health in 2019, one of the ways um, that I got better was to just like eat whatever I want and just, you know, not label myself as anything um, and that just created such a, a healthy relationship with me, with food and my body and um, just just eating for joy, you know, yeah. and not worrying about, not about anything. So, yeah, it's been a journey like everyone, mm. um, but it really is such a big part of my life. Yeah, um, you can tell that. And it is it does feel really joyful, like watching your stories and your life unfold on Instagram you know obviously it's a snapshot of of real life but it it like for me I'm like oh what's Lottie eating oh that looks like oh, I'm going to eat something more like what Lottie's eating you know it is it re- is really joyful and it's so nice to hear you say that that clean eating movement is something we haven't really spoken about on the podcast actually was beneficial for you because obviously it's had it did have such a, a backlash. Um, and obviously with me and Serena both working for Ella, we were kind of in that in that life and both had the same experience, I guess. And for me, being diagnosed with PCOS and also enjoying that movement made me fall back in love with food and feel safe with food and found ingredients to be something to be celebrated rather than... Um, you know, restrictive. So mm. yeah, it's really nice to hear that that was a help for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I, I think, um, yeah, I just sort of continued to like strip it back even more, you know, like, yeah. um, get more relaxed. Like I remember when I, there was probably a time when I didn't eat fries for like, years and now I was I, I would say fries is like my main food group like <laughs> honestly <laughs> I'm just like wow I know madness do you love cooking as well as eating and if so what sort of things do you like cooking I'm so nosy about this I love oh. knowing what people cook for dinner on a weeknight so I do love cooking and um I love hosting so if I had like I would we just got a someone gifted us a really amazing cookbook recently called Feast I can't remember who it's by but it's is so it Mira Sodal yes is it yeah right yeah um and I was like I want to make loads of stuff from this book so I'm gonna host a dinner party so I invited like friends around I like to have an excuse to to sort of host people and cook food for them on a week like to week basis I have my like go-to recipes, like my easy things. So that might be like just like a Thai curry with noodles, um, a, a spaghetti dish. Actually, the one I make with um, 
the lemon and olive oil and the pasta is an Anna Jones recipe with kale and tomatoes. Mm. And it's all in one pan. Um, it's quite a famous one, I think. Quite, quite a well-known one, but it's literally just so easy. Everything in one pan. Um, I make that loads. Um, so yeah, I do enjoy cooking. I would say again, like since my relationship with food and my body and things have relaxed, I actually just like get takeaway a lot more often and eat out a lot more and just have like beans on toast. Like I'm not as worried about what, beans on toast. Yeah. Or just like, <laughs> I just sort of feel like I think less, I think less about food and what I'm putting in my body so I enjoy it more so there's a lot less actual like preparation time in the kitchen things like that because sometimes I'm just like what just whatever Um, but for me like maybe when I you know maybe I'll go through a phase when I'm always in the kitchen in in 10 years time or five years time I just feel like I'm going through a bit of a a phase where I'm not not worried as much about yeah also living in London embrace it you know we have we're so spoiled with food choices and eating out and yeah so like we you never know what's going to happen in in the future not in a horrible way as in like your life might take you somewhere where there's no reference (laughs) so yeah enjoy it while it's there no for sure and also just you know obviously from the last couple of years I think just being you know just being able to go out is just Mm -hmm. such a and like celebrate and support these local restaurants and cafes is so important and whilst we're talking about your relationship with your body and your relationship with food I wonder if this is a good time to start talking about Pilates and how Pilates has helped your relationship with your body how you fell in love with it how you keep yourself in love with it you've got such an amazing online studio and I'm a huge fan of your classes oh thank you um yes so I definitely feel like it's been just like obviously life-changing for me at ballet school we did pilates every um we had it sort of I can't even remember we had like once a week or um but it was very people I was like the only one that loved it out the whole year everyone found it really boring especially because you want to you know when you're at ballet school you just want to move you want to dance you want to you know be with a partner and um which I loved all of that but with pilates it was about just being on my mat I didn't have to look in the mirror. I didn't have to impress um, the director of the school. I didn't have to be like picked for a role when I was on my mat. It was just about moving my body um, efficiently, functionally, getting it to be healthy, my joints to be healthy, um, to prevent myself from getting injured as a dancer, um, and just to listen to my breath. And, and I found that, that being on my mat just so peaceful and so grounding when the rest of the time I was like so worried about everything and like the pressure to be the best and to be really good um so it helped a lot I used to do an hour of about an hour of Pilates before school just by myself um and just kept it up after and I sort of fell out of love with ballet and I remember asking our Pilates teacher at um, I went to Central School of Ballet at the time. I said, oh, how did you, you know, become a teacher? And I, maybe it's something I would want to do. And she was like, no, 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 don't worry about that yet. Like way in the future, have your have your dance career first. And and I then when I left school and I knew I didn't want to dance professionally, um, a lot of people were getting jobs, you know, in bars and 
which was great. But I thought, well, why don't I just do my Pilates training and just see what happens? You know, maybe teach a few classes a week while I'm auditioning and doing other things. Um, so I did my training when I was about 19, 20. And luckily got um, really great connection with um, a teacher and a studio um, near where I lived at the time in Kent and was just sort of thrown in the deep end with lots of hours at her studio. And she had such a range of like of clients um, from like everyone with any sort of injury would walk through the door, people up to like the age of 85, you know, just like we're seeing so many incredible people and how Pilates was just really transforming their lives. You know, they couldn't live without it. And just being able to help in that way. And I sort of made it a career from from then, from like the get-go. And I just just didn't look back. Um, and I just still find, I mean, that's like, yeah, 10 years ago. And I still just find it, I feel like there's so much more to, to keep going. You know, there's so much more to learn. There's so many people in the world to reach. And yeah, um, don't ever get bored of it. Yeah. I feel very lucky. I mean, 10 years, like having a whole career in your 20s that you love is it's quite rare really, isn't it? For, for so many people. Um, yeah. And how has that, how has teaching kind of shifted for you, Lottie? I mean, because you, you had your online studio before the pandemic, right? Or did that launch? No, that launched during, so I had the YouTube channel before the pandemic. Um, I started the YouTube in like 2013. Honestly, those wow. first then you can't find those videos now. They are gone. <laughs> <laughs> those first ones are hilarious. Like my friends, I was at my parents when we first, I think the first one that's shot, it's shot in in portrait mode as well. So it's like the middle of the screen. Like, and my friend was living with me at the time with my parents. So it was my parents and my friend living. And I was like, can you just film me doing some like tricep dips? And like, I'm just going to put it up on YouTube and like people can do it. And she's holding the, I can't even think what it was. It was probably like, I don't know if it was on a phone or a, like a little mini digital camera or something but she's like moving <laughs> the place and I'm like there's like pieces of furniture in the way and I'm like bashing into the furniture <laughs> it is they are so bad um but yeah I started that from so long ago and that was really sporadic you know I was quite consistent at times and they're not consistent and consistent but I think it just something happened where some of the videos just really took off um and then started to build an online community. And then, yeah, and then it was, um, I saw I was, I sort of, the year before the pandemic, 2019, I sort of, I wasn't very well with my mental health. So I just took myself sort of out of everything, you know, offline and off YouTube. And I was really also quite adamant that I would never go back to it. I was even like looking at other jobs and other, I was supporting friends that were in the industry rather than like being the face of it myself. Um, but then it was actually sort of the pandemic that made me fall back in love with like putting Pilates out there because I was just getting so many lovely messages of people discovering my videos and just being like, this has helped me so much during this time. So I thought, well, let's go for it again. So it's one of those nice stories, I think. Yeah, a love down. story. Yeah. I mean, it's so yeah. it's so brave of you to just put things 
out there, my partner always tells me done is better than perfect. And I think we can get in our own heads, can't we? Of like, whatever we put out has to be really perfect and, you know, like top notch. And, and but maybe that shift, I mean, I know that shift a few now because your videos are absolutely wonderful. Um, but if, if anyone listening is kind of in that feeling of, oh, I don't know where to start and, you know, oh, I don't have the means to make things perfect. I don't have a great camera or whatever, but just, just go for it, just putting it out. And, yeah. you know, you never know where it's going to take you and who's going to watch things and where it's going to lead to. Yeah, for sure. And also just like everyone has their little community that are going to really enjoy your style and your way of teaching. It could be something about your voice or the cues that you say, you know, if we're talking about class and yoga. Um, I just think there like really is room for everyone. It's hard now when I get, I don't know whether you, you guys get asked for like advice about where to start, what to do, da, da, da. and it does feel so different. Like if I was to start from complete scratch now and like no one, no one's done my classes before, I've just qualified and I was to like enter the world of like wellness and yoga and parties now, especially in the digital world, I would be like, whoa, like mm. I would feel overwhelmed. And so it is so hard to, to, to give advice because it's just so different. Do you guys find that? Definitely. Especially now that everything's online, because it means that, you know, you used to just like be one of the yoga teachers in your area and there could only be so many yoga teachers in Battersea or wherever. Whereas now, because it's all online, I don't want to use the mm. word competition, but you know what I mean? There's so many other people doing the same thing and you're mm. all accessible from anywhere. But yeah, I think you're right. I think to start something now is is totally different and probably, yeah. you know, quite a lot more challenging, maybe. I don't want to say that yeah. because that makes it sound like it wasn't hard for us. We still did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think it's very different now. It is. And I try and encourage people to just like, like, go back to like the why like why did they train to be a teacher and like if it's about you know being on the front cover of a magazine then like that's not you know that's it's a it's not about having the thousands and thousands of followers so maybe maybe go back to like having a local class in a church down the road um or you know teaching your mum's friends or like you know just start from somewhere small rather than looking at whatever you know people that have been doing it for 10 years are doing um yeah, yeah it's I agree I think it it must definitely feel overwhelming but I always say that there's always room for more you know there's mm. always a teacher or a, like a Pilates teacher yoga teacher or any kind of coach that is right for someone and you don't know if you're stepping into a, a the world of that you don't know how many people's lives you could change or you know it could be two people's lives and that would be like wow that is a yeah. job well done you know so I think there's always room for it if anyone is is listening and thinking about starting that then just go for it because yeah you never know you never know um Lottie let's speak about community then because I feel like it is something that's so important to you because obviously you've got your wonderful online studio, but it, it has become so much more than that. And it is more about kind of friendship and eating nice food together and pastries and, you know, <laughs> so, um, yeah, please maybe just speak for that a little bit. Like, how does it feel to have built a community? Yeah, I think I, well, I feel so grateful. I always, 
if we're talking about you know the online community I think it for me it's really it's funny because it almost doesn't feel online it doesn't feel digital because I do feel such a personal connection with a lot of my followers and members and clients um and I feel really grateful to have such a lovely you know I'm really everyone's just so lovely and I just try and be I think the more like yourself you can be and you know that's I definitely have boundaries I don't you know I don't put my whole self out there but I am when I do put myself out there I am myself um and I think like even from in the way that I teach I try and um I try and keep that essence of just realness um so that people feel like they they're that I'm a real person you know I think mm. with that online it can sometimes not feel like that um and yeah I just I love I think when it's it's about you know obviously Pilates is a huge part of what I do and a part of why people follow me but I'm more than that as well you know whether it's reading the books or the food I eat or places I'm going um and that was a a big decision that I had to make when um I decided not to like have a separate like Instagram account for the virtual studio um and for the membership and for all the Pilates stuff I kept all under the same and I was like oh is this the right thing to do because like one minute I'm you know talking about um you know what's coming up in the studio and it's all lovely and then the next minute I'm like out on a night out and I'm posting (laughs) my cocktails and does it sort of you know is that does that work and I was like well there's no right or wrong is there it works it works for me um and um yeah I'm just going with it really there's no there's no rule book is there no definitely not and I think um just in not in a comparison but for probably the most successful online teacher yoga with Adrian you know she doesn't it's not professional it's like it's conversational it's it's Benji her dog and that's what people are drawn to just being human and like seeing that humanity in each other and yeah if it was like all prim and, and proper and it wouldn't be you it wouldn't be yeah. your creation so. yeah and I think that's as well like you can tell with with yoga Adrian that she doesn't have I mean I'm sh- she has I'm sure she has people that help her and work her but you are you you can tell that it's her behind every post and it's her words and you know maybe other people are helping along the way but it's not this huge um machine you know yeah. it's just it's it seems like a small team and and then I've I I've like all, no matter how much I will grow or have grown I've always want, want to keep it like that as well and people can reach me um like even the customer service and stuff I'm like I, you know I don't know if you get people like hi uh, Lottie's team and then like I'm afraid like hi from like love Lottie <laughs> and like, I don't think people realize that they are actually coming through like to you like if something's not working um but I think that's nice yeah I agree <laughs> I think that's all probably what's part of makes you so appealing is that it is a mixture of who you are and your Pilates because 
I personally think there's something quite not unappealing, but for me, it doesn't gel like a Pilates teacher who only drinks green juice and is in bed by eight o'clock every day. And, you know, it's like so health fanatical. I think for you, the fact that people see that you do your Pilates and then you eat a big croissant Mm. and some days you'll stay in and some days you'll go and drink cocktails is what makes you so real and human and like accessible to people because it's, what's the word? It's um, achievable for people. People don't want to just like be obsessed with Pilates yeah. and not do anything else. Yeah. So you're you're yeah. setting the bar for like a very exactly. balanced, attainable, lovely lifestyle that's very appealing. Oh, yeah. And it is just, you know, it's one part of of your life. And it's the same with Pilates. Like as much as it is a, it's my career and it's a big part of my life, but my career is also only one part of my life. You know, the same I can see that so clearly with you guys as well. You have your your friendship groups and your there's so many other things and I think that's why it's so important to to take time offline and to give attention to those other things in your life um, and we work for ourselves so we can you know it's that I think you forget don't you but that's a journey I mean I, I used to work so much like I'd sit on my laptop till like midnight just doing I don't even know what now I think like I'm like what are we doing like probably writing a blog post and then emailing someone about teaching somewhere and then like just feeling like I had to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and and then yeah it's so so such a relief when you get to a point where you're like I don't have to do that anymore or I don't yeah. that's not what success is um and uh yeah actually I was on I was teaching on a retreat a couple of weeks ago and then this lovely lady who's a member came and she brought her husband um just sort of last minute and he was obviously quite into business and he asked he was he sort of was trying to get his head around like my business and how it all works you know because it's not traditional um he was like so once you've filmed your videos you taught your classes and you've like replied to emails and stuff like so then what like what else do you do and I was like just go to a coffee shop and read my book sometimes like on, <laughs> on a Tuesday afternoon or like just give myself a day off and mooch around and he was like oh it's quite a nice life you've got there isn't it I was like well yeah it's actually like and I think just being able just being able to say like well I'm not busy all the time but isn't that great um it's really nice and I felt I felt really nice being able to say that and not have to justify like I was doing something productive all the time yeah I I think that's that's a great sorry Serena I I think that's I can't even find the words to have (laughs) I just think that's so nice in this day and age to yeah as you said to be able to not justify it and like being busy doesn't equal success so and and it's so important for you and you know that through your own journey that you know you need time to sit and read a book and that will make your business thrive more you know to have that balance yeah 100% is that shift in how you do things at all tied into 2019 when you had some struggles with your mental health was do you think that there was a turning point that you were hustling 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 and then you had some struggles and now you've found more balance as a way of looking after yourself yeah there is a huge turning point like 2019 I think it's just such a like I'll never forget that year um and it's quite funny at the moment it, it was it was strange for me as well like where where people are saying you know from to, you know 2020 and 2021 where we feel like we've lost these two years but for me it, it's really been three years not that I've lost but 
that feel like this sort of well, 2019 just feels like a sort of a blank but a, a big important blank <laughs> you know um and yeah when I was you know I I I became ill on Christmas Eve 2018 um, and it honestly was like a light switch like overnight um woke up on Christmas day 4am and was just not the same person like it was like a little switch in my brain just changed um and it was it was awful I can't even I, I still find it hard sometimes to speak about um how bad it was like it was really really bad um and I tried really hard to help myself and then a few you know I after a few weeks I just I had to ask for help um there was no, I was I, you know I was meditating I was going for walks I was like it's gonna be fine you're gonna be fine and then it was just like no I can't even I, this is this is not um going away with all this stuff um and I just rang my mom and I said can you come over and um we went for a walk and I just broke down and I just said there's something like really 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 wrong with me um I'm like not I'm not very well and um it was really hard to describe I just thought I was going mad um and I was having really bad intrusive thoughts um and I just my anxiety was absolutely through the roof to the point where I couldn't um I couldn't just do anything I couldn't work I couldn't shower I I just it was like being in my head was just so hard um and I'd never thought I'd experience you know you just don't think you're going to experience something like that and and we didn't really know how to get help either it was like where do we where do we turn and it was a long journey to to get in help um but and then it was just a a, a period of of rest like a long period of rest um I was on a lot of medication which made me rest (laughs) it was like I was just wiped out like you know but that was that was important I was sleeping like 16 hours a day um but that was such a big part of like getting better um and uh yeah it's it's really hard to, to to know you know how to describe that time um but I it, I just was like I don't I need to just take myself almost out of the world for a bit um yeah and I would just sit in space and sort of when I started to feel better I would just sit on my sofa and for hours just like do nothing like not even watch tv or magazines but just sit like so peacefully as well when I started to be able to be in my own head um and I I don't think I've ever truly rested like that in my life Mm. what do you do these days to help you then to help keep you level and prioritize yourself and be kind to your mind and make sure that you are taking things as easy as you need to um I think that a lot of it is just about not taking on too much like I think I yeah I definitely can make myself busy I'm quite a social person as well as enjoy you know I love um doing different projects and and this is the hard thing with the condition that I have is that I when I'm feeling good I'm like 
but you know, I want to like run with it and I want to do everything. And, and then when I'm feeling bad, I'm like, get me off everything. Like what am I doing? You know, it's almost like one extreme to the other. And I, I definitely have to work on finding like the middle with that so that it's not like, and I, I speak to my, you know, therapist about this. Sometimes I do feel like I have two me, you know, that the me that I feel is like invincible and could like go out every night of the week and take on every single project and travel, you know, to all these different countries and teach retreats here and then do a trip there and then go out with my friend and go to that wedding. And then there's realizing that like you're not invincible <laughs> as well. And like you're going to hit a breaking point if you keep living like that. Um, so I do now have a little thing where I will look at my diary. I have a paper diary rather than a digital diary. So like a lot of things I do are off my phone as much as I can. Obviously a lot of things are on my phone, but one of those things is having a paper diary and I will look through my weeks and then just do big crosses over like certain days or even like a whole week. So if I have a busy period, even then like the whole week, I'll write like rest and restorative week like over the whole week so I know just not to book anything in that week and like maybe I will do a bit of work or you know or sit in a coffee shop and do some research or something but I'm not going to book a meeting in I'm not going to do anything and that that really helps another thing that really helps is taking care of my home and um, I remember when I was in recovery just one of like the things that brought me so much joy because I couldn't do anything for so many months was like putting a wash on or just like for hours having some music in and like cleaning the bathroom because like where I'd spent so many years so busy and I didn't prioritize those things it would stress me out because I'd be like the bathroom needs to be cleaned the bathroom needs to be cleaned like oh I've got to put a wash on and then the house would be messy and and um not that like I'm someone that needs it to be like perfect and neat all the time, but like it would affect my mental health. It was more the fact that I wasn't doing it and I needed to do it, but I was choosing yeah. to do it. Um, so, so now it's just like making those tasks um, like a, a nice activity in themselves, like listening to a nice podcast and cleaning the bathroom or sorting through my um, clothes drawer and like, tidying everything up into piles and like getting rid of things I don't want anymore um yeah looking after my space is like a big one and Mm. but enjoying it not feeling stressed doing it (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's incredibly grounding isn't it doing those like simple tasks incredibly grounding and we had uh, I think in season two the wonderful Robert Gray who came on the podcast talking about Reiki and um he said like one big thing, if you want to cleanse your space, you know, you don't ha- necessarily have to have sailor panto or sage is just to clean, like literally sweep your floor or dust the surface. And it yeah. still has that same kind of cleansing, clearing, grounding element to it. Oh my gosh. It's huge, isn't it? And like the whole, is it Maria Kondo where you're, you know, you only have things that mean something to you or like you love. And like, I, sometimes my friends come round. And they're like, where's all your stuff? And like, <laughs> like me and Sam are both really good at that. We're just like, well, don't use it anymore. Get rid of it. Give it to charity or like, you know, second hand. And I feel like we are really good at consistently like clearing things that we don't use or we don't need. Um, 
and not that it looks like completely minimal, but people are just like, I'm confused. Like where, where's all your like bits and bobs? Like, you know, just like mm. all those bits and bobs. So yeah, that helps. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in like tidy house, tidy, tidy mind. I feel like whenever the house is a mess, that will make me feel anxious. It will make me feel scattered. It will make me feel all over the place. So I love that. I completely agree. Yeah. I'm not very good at letting go of things. I'm not very good at tidying and giving things away. Like maybe you just need like a cupboard of all the stuff. You know what I mean? That like yeah. cupboard of boxes Monica. of stuff you don't want to give away. Yeah. You Monica need to cupboard. teach me, Lottie. <laughs> um, I just want to add as well, Lottie. I mean, I went a bit quiet when you, with, with you speaking about your... With 2019, I got very tearful. Um, and I remember sitting in a coffee shop reading your newsletter that and I don't know if it was I don't know where you know where it came in your in your year and it was the most heartfelt thing I think I've ever read in my life the most honest thing and I'm I'm gonna start crying now I don't know why I'm really emotional (laughs) um and I was just sitting there like tears streaming down my face and I think I I replied to it like never expecting a reply but it was just, you know, it's things that you, and especially then, I think more so now that people are opening up about it, but then it was just like, oh, wow, you don't expect someone who, you know, seemingly is so successful, who has it all, who is like, you know, you, you kind of idolize. And it was so, I think it was so important. And it must have been incredibly hard for you to write, but I hope you got, you know, incredible support as well. But I just wanted to add that because I think it was so brave and yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah. I, str- I struggled. I, I was really, thank you, Sarah. Um, I, I didn't know whether to put that out. Um, and it was about, yeah, it was the April, I think, or May um, of that year. So I was still on a lot of medication, but I was definitely sort of feeling myself um, a little bit more. And um, yeah, and I think I just felt that I needed to say something. I think as well, like I, I had a period of time where I delete, I think I, I think you can, you can come off Instagram, you can almost like deactivate your account, but not, um, but not completely delete it forever. Mm. And a sunny thing, bless my husband, Sam, he, at the time, in support of me, coming offline, did the same thing, but deleted his entire account. And he, he, he's a model. So he actually had like quite a big following. And now we just always laugh about it a bit because we're like, oh my God, he, like, he can never get that account back. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, even I was in like the depth of like, you know, not you know, depression and anxiety, like honestly so bad. And I still had this little thing in my head was like, maybe I shouldn't just delete that whole thing I'd worked on for so long. Um, but that was, I think, what was it was that I had, I I actually was, I had a period of time where I was going to recruitment agencies to try and find another job. I hadn't worked for that whole year. So I was, we were really struggling, you know, financially. Um, and cause there was no money coming in. I wasn't teaching. I wasn't doing any at the time, 2018, I was working with a lot of brands. I was at that, that year was like, I went, I think I went to about 14 countries in 2018. I had, I had so, I'd gone on so many planes, really bad. Um, I'd worked with so many brands. I was like, 
I, when I look back now, I'm like, yeah, you were pushing yourself too much. Um, but I was, you know, I was, then we, when we just bought our house as well. So we moved in January 2019 and then I was suddenly ill and was making no money and we had this mortgage as well. So I was like, oh no. So I started to look at recruitment agencies and I was like looking at other jobs I could do. And then, and I actually took a job, like a corporate job. And again, this is something my friends laugh about now. They're like, we actually cannot imagine you doing that. And I'm like, I know that was, and I did it for a week and I threw up on the second day I don't I just threw up like literally like in the hallway of the office as well and I, did, I wasn't ill it was just like my body going like no, no. Like, what are you doing um and then I quit on the on the Thursday on the fourth day so I lasted four days um but then that was another like oh, what am I doing? You know, I felt so lost. I'd lost myself. I'd lost my career. I'd lost, I just felt like I'd lost everything. Like probably feeling a bit sorry for myself in a way. And then I just thought, well, I've got this community out there that want to hear from me. And I I spent so many years building that. And I just felt like I wanted to put something out there. And that's why I just was like, yeah, let's just tell them what's been going on. Yeah. Very brave. I actually remember getting that email as well. Now you say it, Sarah. And it's funny, isn't it? You don't remember any of the newsletters people send you. And I now remember that one as well. So I think, and you're so brave. It's amazing. I think it's so important that people are talking more openly about their mental health. And I remember when you came back onto Instagram, I remember that quite vividly as well, when you came back onto Instagram and kind of explained where you've been. Um, And that will, I'm sure, have helped so many people who are struggling in silence. Mm. Serena you helped so much that time you came round and gave me reflexology because I can't remember what that, what stage that, that was, was that when I think that was just after you'd done the four days in the corporate job I was it yeah mm. and I was probably just like lost but I remember just that I felt so peaceful and I think we did we talk the whole time because you said like do you want it to be silent or do you want to talk the whole time I think you asked me that and I think we had a bit of a chat the whole time I think you're right. But I think maybe we did more than one. So maybe one we chatted. We did, I think one yeah. you Yeah. And um, because I remember at the time I was like, not sure how much I could be in my own head because mm-hmm. the intrusive thoughts were so bad. Um, but you said this one thing to me and it stuck with, and it really changed. And it was like, I think it was just like, a C- I hadn't gone to CBT yet. I'd just been having like talking therapy. And you just said like, oh, I do this thing where I turn a cat into a gnat. Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah like a ca- ca- catastrophizing automatic thought into a what negative, is it? Automatic, a negative thought. automatic thought. And um, and I like that just stuck with me, but, and that really helped. Just that one thing. Obviously, the reflexology really helped as well. But I remember you saying that, and I was like, and then I think for weeks I was like, cat into that, cat into that, <laughs> like in my head oh, every time, you. like one would like pop up in my head. <laughs> Well, I'm so pleased it was helpful. <laughs> have to come and give you another treatment again soon. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I'm guessing that your healthy habit then is something that has probably helped a lot with your mental health. And when you say that you struggle to be with your own thoughts, reading is a lovely form of escapism. And um, so, can you tell us a bit about why you love reading so much? What you've been reading? Yeah, of course. Oh, it's just like, I feel like for me, reading is just like breathing. Like I I could not live without it. Um, 
actually from on my Henley, my friend did a Mr. like a really small Mr. and Mrs. when we were out for dinner. And um, one of the questions, you know, one of those questions is like, what would you, if your house was burning down, what would you grab? And Sam had written um, the book she's currently reading. Um, <laughs> and, I was, and I said it as well, we got it right. Um, so yeah, and I think for me, like it, it's fiction as well. Like fiction is so important because I spent as well so much of my early 20 reading so many self-help books so many like how to be the best <laughs> version of yourself books and a lot of um you know business books and a lot of like you know the secret style books um how to be in control of your mind kind of thing and then when my mind when I wasn't in control of my mind and a lot of those books are about they put a lot of on like you know your thoughts become things and suddenly when my thoughts were like really awful I was like whoa like I can't I was like but my thoughts become things like I was so scared and I think that actually didn't help me at all and I had to do a lot of learning of like my thoughts don't mean anything like Mm. anything like they're just so automatic um and uh, for me like yeah reading fiction and just escaping into another world helped so much um and I also just like they help me just feel good inside um I find reading really just peaceful and um it could like I love books that almost sometimes not much happens like I at the moment I love the fact that there are such incredible thrillers out there and um you know lots of things lots of incredible writers that some of my favorite authors just write about someone's life like very mundane things happening throughout the whole time like Olive um Olive again and those books by Elizabeth um oh I can't think of her name now Emma Gannon um no um Elizabeth Trout Olive Kitteridge um yeah yeah there is I read that too by Emma Gannon Olive that's really that's really good too um but yeah I do love <laughs> and um yeah should I talk about things I've re- re- read recently though oh yeah go on what are you reading now well at the moment actually I'm reading What a Shame by um Abigail Bergstrom um which is well yeah that was released this year she's a literacy agent as well um and it's her first novel and actually it's quite yeah, it's 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 about a, a woman who goes through a breakup and her dad passes away. I'm only like 50 pages in, but um, all her friends sort of, in, well, she goes to yoga and she's like doing all the right things. And I think her friends are going to encourage her to start doing like some mad things like ayahuasca. And yeah, I think it's going to take that kind of route. Um, and I just read The Inseparables by Simone de Beauvoir, who's a French author who because I didn't do much like academic studies because I left school when I was 16 so a lot of people know her um if they studied like French or literacy um but I've just discovered her writing and this was actually a a book that was not published you know it's from 1954 so it was written in 1954 um and I find books written like back in that time as well just so mesmerizing because like how the world is different now like Mm. oh my goodness and they didn't know that people would be it's just like what was going on then and they're writing it and you really try and put yourself in that author's shoes as well like 
what's going on in the world and in their life and you're you feel like you've just time traveled a bit yeah um and yeah that's about a friend that she she almost becomes like obsessed with when she was younger um quite similar to Eleanor Ferrante um that 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 um series when she's obsessed with their two best friends and then you know they have that that almost romantic relationship but you know intense friendship um so yeah I'm going to continue to read lots of her novels as well what's your Um, all-time favorite book Lottie oh I couldn't (laughs) it it changes all the time it's Um, like saying who's your favorite child I know I love Greek mythology so I love um, Song of Achilles, Madeline um, Miller's book, and um, Circe. Loved Circe. Yes, mm-hmm. wasn't it great? Um, mm. You'd love um, Jennifer Saint as well, Ariane. Um, that's another Greek I think I have that. Yeah. yeah, I haven't um, read it. She's got a few more coming up, coming out soon as well. Um, what else would be my all-time favorite book? Oh gosh. I really loved Sally Rooney's first two novels. I loved both of those. I mean, I know everyone did, but not so much the third one. If you guys read the third one, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I feel I feel sad because I had like you know when you like yes, this is an author I'm going to read for the rest of my life, and I'm like yeah, but yeah. It must be um, so hard as an author, though, like feeling that pressure, you know, if you know, like, keep to incredible Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the third one is about because she's, yeah. a, you know, it's an author who feels that pressure and the fame and everything. And um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, what if she does write another novel? I'm sure she is, like, mm. what that would be about. Because maybe it was like she had to get over that third one and it hasn't potentially done as well. So now she's like, oh, it's fine. You know, now I can kind of write what I want to write. Um, yeah yeah it must be really yeah um we can cut this bit out if we're not allowed to say it but Lottie you're writing a book right yeah kind of well yeah I am but I'm it's at the moment I it yeah yeah kind of but it's one of those like imposter syndrome things mm-hmm. you know um I my I would love to write a fiction a, a fiction book but obviously that's not what people expect from me. You know, people would expect, the, I, get, I get asked like a lot to write a Pilates book and I don't think I ever will. I just don't think there's, I just don't know what I would write about. Like obviously Pilates, but like, I'm like, you're, you're going to get so much more if you just join the virtual studio mm-hmm. and do it in real life. And I, I, as hard as, I'm sure people still do buy like textbooks, but I think it would only really get to like Pilates teachers and even then like even as a Pilates teacher myself like I rarely read a Pilates textbook you know I'm Mm. gonna do a workshop or I'm gonna so that's hard and then um I've had talks about I I think this is fine to talk about yeah I was gonna maybe write something that was more and this is what I've written a lot already sort of memoiry but that's also extremely scary um Done is better than perfect, Lottie. I know, I know, but then it's like you know, <laughs> out there forever. You can't really go back, can you? Um, not that I would want to, but um, so yeah, I, I actually would like to. I've done quite a few creative writing courses, like amateur kind of ones, and I think I would like to continue studying. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then 
it's just about I, I am as much as I hate it I think I am one of these people that needs like the validation before I you know that like being told okay yeah you're a good writer like yeah. you've done all the study and yeah um but I am on that journey yeah <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. Lastly, thank you so so much for joining us and for letting us um break your podcast virginity thank you for being so wonderful and honest and, and sharing so much it's been lovely yeah thank, thank you, you so for talking so openly about your mental health and everything and it's a joy to have you on here oh thank you so much and I can't wait for our pastor and swim date <laughs> oh yeah thanks Lottie thank bye. You. bye bye oh thank you so much Lottie you are just a little angel I was actually just saying when we finished that chat with Lottie that I needed a big cry I'm not really sure why I just feel very emotional but I just think that everything that Lottie does is so honest and real and she's just fab so I feel very grateful to have her on yeah totally agree I'd like to go and sit in a cafe with her and eat croissants and drink coffee and talk about books all afternoon mm, yes please yes please in case people didn't know this is actually our final episode of the season sadly it has whizzed by we've come to the end already Um, But as always, if you'd like the recipe for today's episode, which I suggest you definitely do, you can find it on our Instagram page, which we will leave in the show notes below. And if you just can't bear to be without us whilst waiting for the next season, then you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Malks. Or if you'd like to practice yoga with me, then you are all welcome to use the code Kitchen Club to get your first month on my online platform at Home with Sarah for free. That's Kitchen Club, all in capital letters. And if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at Serena Lau, L-O-U-T-H. And I'd also like to offer you a tasty little discount off your first reflexology treatment if you live in London. So again, email me, quote Kitchen Club, and I'll give you 25% off. Reflexology is a gorgeous, gorgeous acupressure therapy on the feet. It is incredibly relaxing. Um, So if you're curious and want to know more, then please do get in touch. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you so very much. Have a wonderful day, wonderful week, wherever you are in the world. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.